Welcome to Paradox Walk Podcast, specializing in paranormal activity, UFOs, cryptids, completely strange stories, anything out of the ordinary. It is November of the year 2023. Forgot which episode we're at. Somewhere in the 30s. I think this might be number 33. Today we're going to be going over Lakusa stories. So Lakusa are hard to explain, but it sounds like owls that are giant and well i've heard stories of guys being it but mostly women like female witches that have uh, learned how to transform into these things and i also heard a story of a guy lakuza would that be a lakuzo i don't know the other story i'm gonna get into is one from the olden days with model t fords when those first came out a guy was driving in in the mountains in the south of the usa and a mountain man just a giant mountain man walks out just opens the door because those things don't go very fast so it could like keep up with the car and just uh sits in the passenger seat and takes a ride doesn't say a word just jumps in and the man said that he kind of describes the situation he ended up saying that the guy had 10 inch long fingers and i don't know it sounds almost like maybe a sasquatch story but he didn't make it sound like like that but i'll read that off for this first part we're gonna go over to a website called thoughtcatalog.com it says 17 creepy facts about the lacusa lacusa are shape-shifting witches according to stories told by mexican and tejano people a lacusa appears to be a large bird with a woman's face and hair mostly what i've heard of is people mistake them for giant owls at first and even large black birds. And then when they look closer, they seem to have human characteristics. Pretty creepy. Continuing on here. In folklore, a Lakusa begins as a normal human woman who sells her soul to the devil in order to be given mystical powers and becomes a bruja. So bruja is the Spanish word for witch. Afterwards, they continue to look like normal women during the day, but at night they become Lakusa, with owl-like bodies and human heads. At night, Lakusa fly through the air or perch somewhere hidden and look for prey. They make the noise of a human whistle or crying infant in order to, to attract attention. I've also heard of crying women, and uh, someone will go and try to help. They think someone's in trouble, and they'll go to help, and then something, the Lakusa come out of nowhere. If you hear the sound of the Lakusa, you are not only in danger of becoming their meal, it is believed to be an omen that someone in your family will die. Lakusa can carry a full-grown man in their talons. If they are especially hungry, a Lakusa will swoop down and try to run a car off the road to get to the people inside. Lakusa have the power to control the weather and can make it storm. They also have the power to make your vehicle's battery die. Lakusa cannot be harmed by guns or most other weapons. But I did hear a story of a, of the male one got hit with a shotgun. And that next morning they found the guy that they thought was transforming into it uh, dead at his house with a shotgun wound. So I don't know. But I also heard stories of people shooting at him. They followed him back in the morning. He went to like... A cafe to get coffee he was riding four-wheelers and took a bunch of shots at these things flying in the air and while he was getting his coffee or something in the morning he said a really beautiful girl walks up and says you can't kill us with your guns 
I don't know what it was. I don't remember the whole story. I think that's on Beyond Creepy's channel. Maybe in the future I'll look that up. It's one of his older videos, like when he first started his channel, maybe even before 2019. So here's some of the stories. Growing up, I was told by my siblings that the Lakusa was this huge black bird that would visit your home during the night and either sit outside your window or sit out on top of the roof making whist whistling noises until you couldn't take it anymore. Once you went outside, it would peck or scratch you. Three, I swear on my life that I saw that bird. I saw it when I was about nine or 10. I lived in San Antonio along 35, I think Highway 35, between two little towns called Von Orme and Little. I was at home alone waiting for my dad to go home from work. I was on the couch watching Spongebob. It was a bit late. The sun had set maybe an hour or so before, but the moon was full and lit everything enough that you could see like a dim light was on. My grandmother's house was on the same plot of land about a few hundred yards in front of my house. I looked out the window because I saw movement near her back door. I thought my dad had stopped there first and was walking home. I ran outside on the front porch to wave at him and yell hello, but it wasn't my dad. It was this massive bird. I mean, this thing had to have been the size of Big Bird from Sesame Street. It was much bigger than any hawk or buzzard I'd seen before. It was sitting on the picnic table in my grandma's yard, and it was just looking dead at me. I froze, but I didn't feel too scared. I was really just interested in this giant bird outside. It was jet black. All I could see was the outline of it and the eyes shining in the moonlight. I slowly, I slowly went back inside and peeked at it through the window on the front door. I was so amazed by it, I have never seen anything like it. We stared at each other like this for a few minutes. Suddenly it spread its wings and it flew away. I told my dad about it when he got home later and he laughed it off, but I told my grandma the next morning while we were eating breakfast and she went crazy. She started saying prayers and rubbing eggs on me and stuff. Uh, I think the rubbing eggs thing is like a belief that some cultures have. And it's not just Latin, it's like I've heard about this in the Middle East and stuff too and that the uh, egg or the egg inside the egg like attracts negative energy from you or something i don't know i know i have a few listeners in like sweden and stuff so i try to make it as clear as i can and not use too many just glossing over things that sound a little out of place so she started saying prayers and rubbing eggs on me and stuff then she told me the story of la lacusa which i'd never heard before it sent shivers down my spine knowing that it was staring at me so intently after thinking about it for a few days, though, I started to wonder maybe if it wasn't there to hurt me, but to warn me about something. Sure enough, a few weeks later, a huge storm came through. There was a funnel cloud nearby. I never actually touched down, but the winds did do a lot of damage to my house. But my grandma's was completely untouched, and that picnic table was the only piece of furniture outside that wasn't blown away. That's just a few things. There's a lot on the Lacusa. There, It's interesting. There's kind of a representation of a similar thing in these like skit type horror movie type things. It's called VHS. There's VHS 1 and VHS 2. There might be VHS 3. It's kind of like in the style of like a like an indie horror flick film. These guys go out drinking like in a big city type setting like like New York or Seattle or something like their downtown bar scene. And a girl a a girl comes up and she's acting a little weird, but she goes up to one of them and I think she starts sniffing each guy and she sniffs this one guy and is like, you're, you're the, you're the one I want or something. And she like goes home with these guys and she's just all into this one. I forgot what happens, but I think, 
at some point when they start like making out and stuff like she takes off her like shoes and and stuff and her feet are all weird the story is like any type of shapeshifter the feet is something that they can't really control as as good as the rest i don't know but that was like part of the film and then i don't i don't really want to give away the ending but <laughs> if anybody wants to see it it's just i don't know it's just like low budget you know but if you're into that sort of thing vhs i don't know which one it's on not my type of thing but some of you may may like that but is there like a vampiric type of uh connection with these things i don't know are they just witches that want to transform it reminds me of on the paranormal roundtable channel somebody that he knows i guess he was like a one of his acquaintances was kind of a bad character and would try to break into these buildings at night and stuff and him and one other guy went on top of a building and they were trying to get inside through a vent or something i don't know that's exact what he was trying to do but they were while they were doing this something just flew on top of the building and grabbed his co-robber you know the guy he was breaking in the building with she just bites into his neck and sucks his blood like a vampire and flies away he says she was naked and she had red hair. Yeah, red hair, running around naked, sucking the life out of a guy. Throws him away and flies away. That is definitely my high school girlfriend. That's where you want to search. Anyway, moving right along here, we got... This comes from the Foxfire book 2. I'm going to do my best. What they do is they, they write it in the style of these southern mountain men talk. So the Foxfire series, from the best I can tell, it seems like like these are old books. And they would interview southern United States people that would live in the mountains and survive on their own. And, and they would try to get all these tips, like how to grow corn the best way, how to harvest hunting in it and at one point they just start asking them about their ghost stories and the weird supernatural stuff this one is a guy that one of his neighbors had a uh, model t ford like when they first came out and he says bob meeks was his name this is on page 335 if anybody wants to look this up foxfire 2 bob meeks was his name and he was working somewhere in tennessee over there he come through Benton while they didn't have a road then, and he had come across that mountain. Now, I don't know whether it was Frog Mountain, if that was the name or not, but anyway, there was 22 miles there that there had no houses, and steep and twisty, and late at night, his wife called him, some of the kids got sick, and he had to come in, and he was coming along that mountain, and he's, sorry, they write it the way they talk, so... In English here, it's like, and he's apostrophe, uh, come in, no G, just a come in with an apostrophe. So it's like, he's a coming along that mountain and he's a going around a curve. And uh, like, I'm not going to read it like that. So uh, he said it was the biggest man he ever saw. The man stepped out of the water ditch by the side of the road and he just leaned over a little and he just stepped onto the running board reached down and opened the door and he got in and he sat down and looked him over a running board is like the the steps you can stand on on the side of a one of these old cars you could just stand on the side it was an old model t ford and the way he was going it didn't make it much more than a man walking like the car couldn't go much faster than a man walking is what he's trying to say and he said he just looked at this thing's hands. So his fingers was like as long as two of his put together. And the same thing for thickness, like double the thickness of a normal man's hands, fingers. He said he had awfully big arms and on top of his hands was just as hairy 
going down towards his fingers. They, sorry, they use a lot of words that, I mean, I've spoken English my entire life and I can barely read this. I'll just give an example. On top of his hands was just as Harry plumb on down towards his fingers. So I'm just like skipping these types of things. I'm just kind of going over <laughs> trying to make it so it makes sense. His fingers was the longest he'd ever seen on anybody. They must have been 10 inches long. He said he spoke to him and he never spoke back. He said he didn't know if he was going to try to do anything to him or not. He's, he said he knew he was big enough. There was nothing he could have done about it. That man could have just reached down around him one-handed. A big, tall man, all hairy. He said he had a beard way down in a face that's hairy and he said he was kind of nasty looking old man he said he looked as old as the hills and he never got a sound out of him he could hear him getting his breath he rode at least three miles with him and he said he wondered if this thing was gonna i guess do something to him the word listen to this word he uses he wondered if this thing was going plumb to duck town with him if anybody out there knows what that means, please type it in the comments. Uh, I'm just going to keep reading here. And he was going around another curve, and this thing, this man, whatever it was, he just stepped out. And he said he looked back because he was just standing there in the road. And he said it was the ungodliest man he ever did see in all of his days of his life. And he said people might not believe him. He says it's the truth. Now, I believe him because Bob didn't tell a lie. He was a man that never got excited about nothing. And after that man got out, Bob just kept driving on. I mean, that's just wild, right? Imagine somebody just jumping in your car because you can't go fast. And it's that thing. I mean, what do you do? That's a crazy story. I don't know. I like, I don't know. I really like that one. There was another one. They said they were walking to church. There was this little four or five-year-old girl, they said, that was from the rich people's family. They knew the, they knew there was a rich family around there. And she said this girl just started walking with, with like one of the moms of the families just side by side and didn't say anything, just like walked in step with her steps like the whole time they were walking up to the church. And she was like, where's your parents? And like wondering what was going on with this little girl just walking with them. She said it was like a big crowd of, of people, so they didn't worry too much about it. But she stayed next to this one lady telling the story. By the time they got kind of closer to where they were going to go, I think the church or some like meeting area right by the church, she looked over at the girl. The girl spread out her arms, like spread out her arms like really wide. And when she did that, she just disappeared in front of her eyes, like just just straight up disappeared there's other stories like they thought the forest was on fire one day and they all run out and these are all different people talking in the middle of nowhere and they run outside because they think the the forest is on fire and they said the fire whatever was on fire just like lifted and lifted and went higher and higher up into the air and just disappeared into the, like clouds or something uh, sounds almost like a ufo story another one was fireballs there's like three or four stories that they say like things falling just straight out of the sky and one like rolling through crops and stuff, just barreling through all the crops on fire. And when they go, look, there's nothing there. Yeah, a lot of lights going in and out of uh, places. Like the way they explain it, it makes it almost impossible to read. Like days of vein, the minerals going uh, through there and they rise up and they go up and they pretty good sized lights. And they're playing all over the bottoms, go down there. Sometimes they go way up and then back down. Like, it's like makes it kind of difficult to read these stories. But 
yeah, I got a kick out of that. So, yeah, you know, I'm probably going to go over some other Lakuza stories and those types of things. Those types of things are really fascinating to me. A person being able to change their whole shape into a wolf or a flying creature or whatever. It's just really fascinating. Yeah, beyond that, I'd like to thank everybody for checking out the podcast. The music is Downbeat 88. The opening track is The Dark. The ending track is called Moment of Peace. RSS feed is in the show notes. And anybody want to share their story, they can either in the comments or if you want to email paradoxwalkpodcast at protonmail.com. My Patreon is patreon.com slash paradoxwalk. I'm trying to update the site, but they changed some stuff and it's kind of harder now to get the podcast up there forgive me if i'm a few behind on that and anyway i hope everybody's doing good have a good day